This is part two of a reading of the 28 pages of the 9-11 Commission Report. If you haven't seen part one already, I'm linking that in the description. Basnan also has other ties to the Saudi government. Basnan's wife received a monthly stipend from Princess Haifa. In a recent search of Basnan's residence, the FBI located copies of 31 cashier's checks totaling $74,000 during the period February 22, 1999 to May 30, 2002. These checks were payable to Basnan's wife and were drawn on the Riggs bank account of Prince Bandar's wife. The FBI has determined that there has been a standing order on Princess Haifa's account since January 1999 to send $2,000 a month to Basnan's wife. Basnan's wife was allegedly receiving the funding for nursing services, but according to the redacted document, there was no evidence that Basnan's wife provided nursing services. Redacted. On at least one occasion, Basnan received a check directly from Prince Bandar's account. According to the FBI, on May 14, 1998, Basnan cashed a check from Bandar in the amount of $15,000. Basnan's wife also received at least one check directly from Bandar. She also received one additional check from Bandar's wife, which she cashed on January 8, 1998, for $10,000. In the October 9, 2002 hearing, FBI Executive Assistant Director De Amaro commented on this funding. I believe that we do have money going from Bandar's wife, $2,000 a month, up to about $64,000. What the money was for is what we don't know. Redacted testified. Redacted. She gives money to a lot of different groups and people from around the world. We've been able to uncover a number of these, but maybe if we can discover that she gives to 20 different radical groups, well, gee, maybe there's a pattern there. The FBI has also developed additional information clearly indicating that Basnan is an extremist and supporter of Osama bin Laden. In 1993, the FBI director became aware that Basnan had hosted a party for the blind Shaikh at his house in Washington, D.C. in October 1992. Basnan has made many laudatory remarks to FBI assets about bin Laden, referring to bin Laden as the official caliphate and the ruler of the Islamic world. According to an FBI asset, Basnan spoke of bin Laden as if he were a god. Basnan also stated to an FBI asset that he heard that the U.S. government had stopped approving visas for foreign students. He considered such measures to be insufficient as there were already enough Muslims in the United States to destroy the United States and make it an Islamic state within 10 to 15 years. According to FBI documents, Basnan also knew Bin Laden's family in Saudi Arabia and speaks on his mobile telephone with members of the family who are living in the United States. Phone numbers linking Abu Zabaida to a company in the United States and a Saudi diplomat in Washington. On March 28, 2002, U.S. and coalition forces retrieved the telephone book of Abu Zubaida, whom the U.S. government has identified as a senior al-Qaeda operational coordinator. According to an FBI document, a review of toll records has linked several of the numbers found in Zubaida's phone book with U.S. phone numbers. One of the numbers is unlisted and subscribed to by the ASPCOL Corporation in Aspen, Colorado. On July 15, 2002, FBI headquarters sent a lead to the Denver field office requesting that it investigate this connection. On September 19, 2002, agents of the Denver field office responded, stating that they had completed their in initial investigation. According to the FBI's Denver office, ASPCOL is the umbrella corporation that manages the affairs of the Colorado residents of, Band of Prince Bandar, the Saudi ambassador to the United States. The facility is protected by Scimitar Security. Agents of the, of the Denver field office noted that neither ASPCOL nor Scimitar Security is listed in the phone book or is easily locatable. 
In addition, the Colorado Secretary of State's office has no record of ASPCOL. The Denver office did not attempt to make any local inquiries about ASPCOL as they believe that any inquiries regarding ASPCOL would be quickly known by Prince Bandar's employees. Due to the sensitivity of this matter, they decided to hold their investigation of ASPCOL in abeyance until they received additional guidance from FBI headquarters. According to the FBI, the phone number of an individual named Redacted of McLean, Virginia, was found within the effects of Abu Zubaydah. Redacted is reportedly a bodyguard at the Saudi Embassy in Washington, D.C. The FBI now suspects that he may be a Redacted. In a September 17, 2002 document, the FBI notes that the Bureau is opening an investigation on Redacted due to the size and value of his residence and his suspicious activity in approaching U.S. intelligence community personnel. It also appears that Redacted has been in contact with Redacted, which is located at Redacted in McLean, Virginia. The FBI has identified this address as the address of Prince Bandar. According to the FBI, Redacted is officially a driver for the Saudi Embassy. Redacted number was also linked to ASPCOL, Prince Bandar's umbrella company located in Colorado. It should be noted that the FBI's November 18, 2002 response states that CIA traces have revealed no direct links between numbers found in Zubaydah's phone book and numbers to the United States. The U.S. government also located another Virginia number at an Osama bin Laden safe house in Pakistan. The number is subscribed to, to by an individual named Redacted, was interviewed by the FBI in 2002. The number is subscribed to by an individual named Redacted, was interviewed by the FBI in June 2002. He could not explain why his number ended up at a safe house in Pakistan, but stated that he regularly provides services to a couple who are personal assistants to Prince Bandar. This couple's driver is an individual named Redacted, who is assigned to the Saudi Embassy in Washington, D.C. According to Redacted, regularly called Redacted Business and frequently travels back and forth to Pakistan. Other Saudi government officials in the United States who may have been in contact with the September 11th hijackers. Among the individuals who may have been associates of the Al-Hazmi and Al-Mithar was Sheikh Al-Thumari. According to the redacted memorandum reviewed by the Joint Inquiry Staff, initial indications are that Al-Thumari may have had a physical or financial connection to the Al-Hazmi and Al-Mithar, but we are still looking at this possibility. Al-Thumari is an accredited diplomat at the Saudi Consulate in Los Angeles and is also considered one of the imams at the King Fahad Mosque in Culver County, California. Redacted. According to FBI documents, the King Fahad Mosque was built in 1998 from funding from the Saudi Arabia Crown Prince Abdulaziz. The mosque is attended by members of the Saudi Consulate in Los Angeles and is widely known for its anti-Western views. FBI documents indicate that Mothar Abdullah drove Al-Hazmi and Al-Midhar to the King Fahad Mosque before Al-Midhar returned to Saudi Arabia. Several individuals on the East Coast whom the hijackers may have met may have also had connections to the Saudi government. After the terrorist attacks, the FBI discovered that, during September 2001, an individual named Saleh Al-Husayn stayed at the same hotel in Herndon, Virginia, where Al-Hazmi was staying at the time. According to FBI documents that Al-Husayn is apparently a Saudi Interior Ministry employee-slash-official. He claimed not to know the hijackers, but agents in the FBI's Washington field office believed he was being deceptive. The interview was terminated when Al-Husayn either passed out or feigned a seizure requiring medical treatment. He was released from the hospital days later and managed to depart the United States despite law enforcement's efforts to locate and re-interview him. 
Saleh al Husayn is the uncle of Sami Omar al Husayn. Sami al Husayn is connected to the Islamic Assembly of North America (IANA) and is the subject of an FBI counterterrorism investigation. The FBI has also discovered that Saleh al Husayn is a major contributor to the IANA, a nonprofit organization based in Michigan that is dedicated to the spread of Islam worldwide. According to the FBI, the IANA's mission is actually to spread Islamic fundamentalism and Salafist doctrine throughout the United States and the world at large. The IANA solicits funds from wealthy Saudi benefactors, extremist Islamic shaykhs, and suspected non-governmental organizations. According to FBI documents, IANA has solicited money from Prince Bandar, but the documents are unclear as to whether Bandar actually contributed money to this organization. FBI documents also indicate that several Saudi naval officers were in contact with the September 11th hijackers. FBI documents state that the San Diego field office opened a counterterrorism investigation of an individual named Osama Nuh, a Saudi naval officer due to his association with Nawaf al-Hazmi and Khalid al-Midhar. In addition, Lafiel Harbi, another Saudi naval officer, was in telephone contact with Flight 77 hijackers Khalid al-Mitar and Nawaf al-Hazmi on nine occasions from March 11, 2000 to March 27, 2000. The Jacksonville FBI office is conducting an investigation to determine whether Salah Ahmed Badawi, a Saudi naval officer within its territory, was in contact with any of the hijackers. Redacted. Testimony redacted. Testimony redacted. The FBI has also discovered some more tenuous connections between Saudi government personnel and the hijackers during the course of the PENTT-BOM investigation. For example, according to the FBI, an individual named Fahad Abdullah Saleh Bakala was close friends with the September 11th hijackers Ahmed Al-Ghamdi and Hamza Al-Ghamdi. Bakala previously worked as a pilot for the Saudi royal family flying Osama bin Laden between Afghanistan and Saudi Arabia during UBL's exile. In addition, an FBI source stated that after September 11th that he or she was 50% sure that Al Mithar was a visitor at an apartment in McLean, Virginia that was occupied in July and August 2001 by Hamad Al-Otaibi of the Saudi Embassy Military Division. FBI documents also note that September 11th hijacker Saeed Al-Ghamdi may have also visited this address. Connections between Saudi government officials in the United States and other possible terrorist operatives. The joint inquiry also reviewed information in FBI files suggesting that other possible connections between Saudi government officials and terrorist operatives. For example, according to FBI documents, there is evidence that hijackers Marwan al-Shayi and Mohammed Atta were in contact with Mohammed Rafiq Qadir Harunani, the subject of, a, of an FBI counterterrorism investigation since 1999 and a close associate of Abdullah bin Laden, who is referred to in FBI documents as Osama bin Laden's half-brother. Abdullah bin Laden, who is the subject of several FBI investigations, is currently in the United States, redacted. He claims to work for the Saudi Arabian Embassy in Washington, D.C. as an administrative officer. Abdullah bin Laden has financed Qadir's company and is listed by Qadir as the emergency contact for Qadir's children. They are in frequent email and phone contact as well. According to the FBI, Abdullah bin Laden has a number of connections to terrorist organizations. He is the president and director of the World Arab Muslim Youth Association, WAMY, and the Institute of Islamic and Arabic Sciences in America. Both organizations are local branches of non-governmental organizations, NGOs, based in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. According to the FBI, there is reason to believe that WAMY 
is closely associated with the funding and financing of international terrorist organizations in the past has provided logistical support to individuals wishing to fight in the Afghan war. In 1998, the CIA published a paper characterizing WAMY as an NGO that provides funding, logistical support, and training with possible connections to the Arab Afghans network, Hamas, Algerian extremists, and Philippine militants. According to the FBI's November 18, 2002 response, although several officials in WAMY support al-Qaeda and other terrorist groups, the intelligence is insufficient to show whether the organization as a whole and its senior leadership support terrorism. Also of potential interest, at least in retrospect, is the 1999 incident involving Muhammad al-Qudayn and Hamdan al-Shalawi. Al-Qudayn and al-Shalawi were flying from Phoenix to Washington, D.C. to attend a party at the Saudi embassy. After they boarded the plane in Phoenix, they began asking the flight attendants technical questions about the flight that the flight attendants found suspicious. When the plane was in flight, al-Qudayn asked where the bathroom was. One of the flight attendants pointed him to the back of the plane. Nevertheless, Al-Qudayn went to the front of the plane and attempted on two occasions to enter the cockpit. The plane made an emergency landing and the FBI investigated the incident, but decided not to pursue a prosecution. At the time, Al-Qudayn and Al-Shalawi claimed that the Saudi embassy paid for their airplane tickets. After the FBI discovered that an individual in Phoenix who was the subject of a counterterrorism investigation was driving Al-Shalawi's car, the Bureau opened a counterterrorism investigation on Al-Shalawi. In November 2000, the FBI received reporting from redacted, that al-Shalawi had trained at the terrorist camps in Afghanistan and, re and had received explosives training to perform Kobar Towers-type attacks. After the September 11, 2001 attacks, the Phoenix field office attached even potentially greater significance to that 1999 incident. A Phoenix FBI communication explained the theory behind this. FBI Phoenix now believes both men were specifically attempting to test the security procedures of America West Airlines in preparation for and in furtherance of UBL-Al-Qaeda operations. In testimony before the joint inquiry, the agent who drafted the Phoenix EC stated, In a post-9-11 world, I went back and looked at that as possibly being some sort of dry run. It is currently under investigation. After September 11, 2001, Al-Qudhain redacted. In interviews, a Phoenix FBI agent stated that Phoenix Redacted believed that Al-Qudhayin might be redacted. His profile is similar to that of Al-Bayoumi and Basnan. He is in the United States as a student and does not have a visible means of income. He is in frequent contact with Saudi government establishments in the United States and appears to be very involved in the affairs of the local Saudi community. He runs a Saudi club in Phoenix and, and assists Saudi students in the area. The FBI has also developed information that Al-Qudhayin was receiving money from the Saudi government but, as of August 2002, had not obtained that relevant bank records for review. The FBI's Phoenix field office has speculated that Al-Qudhayin and others may be redacted. There are other indications in FBI files that elements of the Saudi government may have provided support to terrorist networks. For example, the FBI had identified the Ibn Tamiya Mosque in Culver County as a site of extremist-related activity both before and after September 11th. Several subjects of San Diego investigation prior to September 11th had close connections to the mosque. Based on interviews and review of FBI files, San Diego FBI agents believe that at the time that these subjects were laundering money through this mosque first to Somali nonprofit organizations and then to the other entities affiliated with Osama bin Laden. 
In approximately 1998, the FBI became aware of millions of dollars in wire transfers from the Somali community in San Diego to Al-Barakat Trading Company and other businesses affiliated with Osama bin Laden. At the time, the funding appeared to be originating from the local Somali community in the form of donations to various Somali nonprofits. However, the FBI now believes that some of the funding was actually originated from Saudi Arabia and that both the Ibn Tamiyah Mosque in Los Angeles and the Islamic Center of San Diego were involved in laundering the money. According to the former FBI agent in San Diego who was involved in this investigation, this scheme may allow the Saudi government to provide al-Qaeda with funding through covert or indirect means. In his October 9, 2002 testimony, the former agent commented on the possible money laundering. My guess, Saudi, redacted. It's connected somehow with the Saudis. My guess, Saudi, uh, it's, it's somehow connected with the Saudis. And knowing that probably 70-80% to 80 of the population of Saudi Arabia support Osama bin Laden, it might be an indication. There are also indications of Saudi government's support for a terrorist activity through charitable organizations. The Saudi-based Umm al-Qura Islamic Charitable Foundation, UQ, is an Islamic non-governmental organization linked to terrorist support activities. According to a May 2002 Defense Intelligence Terrorism Summary, the UQ's activities in support of terrorism include suspicious money transfers, document forgery, providing jobs to wanted terrorist suspects, and financing travel for use to attend jihad training. The Defense Communication notes that since September 2011, UQ couriers have transported over $330,000 in cash, most of which they received from Saudi embassies in the Far East. In January 2002, UQ Administrator Yasir Al-Sayed Mohammed traveled to Thailand to pick up approximately $200,000 from the Saudi embassy in Bangkok. In early November 2001, the personal assistant to the UQ Administrator traveled to Kuala Lumpur for a meeting at the Saudi Arabian embassy. He returned with tens of thousands of dollars according to the Department of Defense. CIA, Treasury, and FBI officials have all expressed their concern about the Al Haramain Foundation's ties. CIA, Treasury, and FBI officials have all expressed their concern about the Al Haramain Foundation's ties to both the Saudi government and terrorist activity. According to the FBI's November 18, 2002 response, the Al Haramain Islamic Foundation (HIF) has clear ties to the Saudi government. And intelligence reporting suggests it is providing fund, financial, and logistical support to Al Qaeda. In 1993, HIF established its U.S.-based office in Ashland, Oregon, and that office has since received approximately $700,000 from the parent offices in Saudi Arabia. The FBI has a pending investigation of HIF and the activities of the Portland HIF office. As discussed above, the FBI has located correspondence between Al-Bayoumi and the HIF. From the documents, it is clear that HIF was interested in appointing the imam of the mosque in Cajon, California, that Al-Bayoumi managed. The Treasury General Counsel testified about his agency's concern about the foundation. Mr. Alfhauser. Second, and this is an important point, it also rises out of Rick's testimony on Al-Haramain, the two branch offices that we took a public and joint action against. Al-Haramain really does represent a significant issue for the PCC and for terrorist financing and for the United States policy. It is, of course, the largest, I think, the largest Islamic charity in the world. Its name is synonymous with charity in the Islamic world. Its direct overseers are members of the royal family. Significant contributors are members of the royal family. We don't have a great deal of intelligence on the headquarters about whether they knowingly assisted people in Al-Qaeda and others. 
but in significant branch offices yet to be designated under current investigation, we have ample evidence that large cash amounts are being couriered to those branch offices, that large wire transfers of money are being sent to those offices, that a great deal of the money is being dissipated through misspending unaccounted for, and finally, that those offices have significant contacts with extremists, Islamic extremists. CIA officials recently testified that they are making progress on their investigations of Al-Haramain. A year ago, we had a lot of reporting suggesting branch offices were tied to Al-Qaeda. Over the last year, we developed a lot of intelligence and law enforcement information, and we prepared a paper about a month, six weeks ago, which assembled all of that. That paper gave us the first clear indication that the head of the central office is complicit in supporting terrorism, and it also raised questions about Prince Naif. Finally, redacted, the subject of Phoenix and Portland FBI counterterrorism investigations also has close ties to a member of the Saudi royal family. Redacted, no longer resides in the United States, but is still the subject of an FBI investigation. The FBI opened an investigation of Redacted, an employee of Saudi Arabian Airlines, in 1999 after receiving information Redacted that bin Laden Lieutenant Abu Zubaydah had been in contact with a telephone number associated with Redacted in Portland. In May 2001, two individuals were arrested in Bahrain and later admitted they were on their way to blow up U.S. facilities in Saudi Arabia. One of them had a passport and had been issued to one of Redacted. The FBI's Phoenix field office also received source reporting in 1999 that Redacted was checking security at the southwest border and discussing the possibility of infiltrating individuals into the United States. The FBI developed information that Redacted has close ties with one of the Saudi princes and accompanies him on many trips including travel to the United States. According to the FBI, Redacted was recently interrogated at the detention facility at Guantanamo Bay. He informed the FBI that Redacted got the job at Saudi Arabian Airlines through his contacts. He said that Redacted did not earn much money in his job, but that he had another source of income through a Saudi prince named Khalid al-Bandar. According to Redacted, Performed miscellaneous tasks for the prince, such as handling real estate matters and assisting the prince's grandmother. Redacted traveled many places with the prince, including Europe, and often to the United Arab Emirates. Redacted made the cryptic comment that nobody knew everything about Redacted. Although its name was on the State Department's watch list, Redacted was apparently able to circumvent the Customs Service and the Immigration and Naturalization Service because he was traveling with the Saudi prince. The FBI only learned of the trip after the fact. Agents in the FBI's Portland field office expressed their concern that Redacted and others were using their stat- status as Saudi Arabian Airlines employees as a cover to enable them to transport weapons in and out of the United States. Lack of Saudi Cooperation in Counterterrorism Investigations In testimony and interviews, a number of FBI agents and CIA officers complained to the Joint Inquiry about a lack of Saudi cooperation in terrorism investigations both before and after the September 11th attacks. For example, a veteran New York FBI agent stated that from his point of view, the Saudis have been useless and obstructionist for years. In this agent's opinion, the Saudis will only act when it is in their self-interest. When a high-level officer was asked how the September 11th attacks might be prevented, He cited greater Saudi cooperation, pointing to an example from the summer of 2001 when the U.S. government requested Saudi assistance, with no success. In May 2001, the U.S. government became aware that an individual in Saudi Arabia was in contact with Abu Zubaydah and was most likely aware of an upcoming al-Qaeda operation. The U.S. government pressured the Saudi government to locate him. The Saudis informed the U.S. government that they required additional information to do so. 
The U.S. government agency that had originally learned of his of this individual's knowledge refused to provide the Saudis with additional information because it would, re it would reveal sources and methods. The National Security Council also tried to pressure the Saudis, but the Saudis would not cooperate with the additional information. According to some FBI personnel, this type of response is typical for the, from the Saudis. For example, one FBI agent described one investigation after, after September 11th in which he provided the Saudi government with copies of the subjects' Saudi passports. The Saudi government maintained that they had no records of the subjects. According to the former chief of Alex Station, the unit in the DCI's counter-terrorist center, established in 1996 to focus specifically on Osama bin Laden, it was clear from, from about 1996 that the Saudi government would not cooperate with the United States on matters relating to Osama bin Laden. There is a May 1996 memo from the DCI's counter-terrorist center, redacted, stating that the Saudis had stopped providing background information or other assistance on bin Laden because bin Laden had too much information about other Saudi dealings with the Islamic extremists in the 1980s from Riyadh to deliver him into U.S. hands. In a June 1997 memo to the DCI, Alex Station re-emphasized the lack of Saudi cooperation and stated that there was little prospect of future cooperation regarding bin Laden. The former chief of Alex Station thought that the U.S. government's hope of eventually obtaining Saudi government cooperation was unrealistic because Saudi assistance to the United States government on this matter was contrary to Saudi national interests. Redacted testified on this issue on October 9, 2002. On the issue of al-Qaeda and Saudi intelligence, that goes back to our efforts to interact with the Saudi to get them to help us on investigating al-Qaeda. For the most part, it was a very troubling relationship where the Saudis were not providing us quickly or very vigorously with response to it. Sometimes they did, many times they didn't. It was just very slow in coming. Both FBI and CIA personnel cited an individual named Madani Al-Taib as a specific case in which the Saudis were uncooperative. The CIA and FBI had been pressuring the Saudis for years for permission to talk to Al-Taib. According to the former head of Alex Station, Al-Taib managed all of bin Laden's finances when bin Laden was in Sudan, and any expense over $1,000 had to be approved by Al-Taib. Al-Taib moved to London in 1996 to work with Khalid Al-Fayez, another important Al-Qaeda figure who had since been arrested. In the summer of 1996, Al-Taib returned to Saudi Arabia. The Saudis continuously refused the FBI's and the CIA's request to talk to Al-Taib stating, in the words of an FBI agent, that Al-Taib was just a poor man who lost his leg. He doesn't know anything. The former chief of Alex Station also cited the example of Muhammad Jamal Khalifa. Khalifa is bin Laden's brother-in-law and an important figure in Al-Qaeda. The U.S. government arrested Khalifa in the United States in 1994. Khalifa has been sentenced to death in absentia by the Jordanian government for his role in a bombing in Jordan. The Jordanians then referred him to Saudi Arabia. In the opinion of the CIA officer, the Saudis bought off the Jordanians for the return of Khalifa. According to the CIA officer, when Khalifa subsequently arrived in Saudi Arabia, he was met by at least one gov important government official. Khalifa now works for the Riyadh-based NGO and travels and operates freely. That'll be it for part two. Part three is linked in the description. Again, if you found this valuable, please like, share, and subscribe for more.